Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. The message this morning is going to come through a number of different people and, uh, and I'm going to then sort of just round it off at the end. Now, how many of you know that God is doing something new and fresh? And I think we all kind of sense it. And some of the terminology that we've been using is that God is releasing the rain. And we're just at the beginnings of that. And some of the words he's been using are that we've just at the beginning of an unprecedented time. And the word unprecedented means uh, something that we've never experienced before, something that has no reference point, something that, something that we've not known before. And so we're right at the beginning of that. And, and not only us here, but in other churches, other guys that I know lead churches around the nation, they're saying the same kind of thing, maybe different terminology, but there's so much, so many people are like, God is doing something new. It isn't God's about to do something. It's like something new is happening. Something new is stirring. Uh, and, and so we're at the beginning of a new, not just season, but a new time in terms of what God is doing in our nation. And we're going to focus on one, one thing it is on small groups today but small groups are not separate from what God is doing as I, I've just been praying into and not just this morning but just what God's saying in general small groups there's two key parts to small groups one is they're a relational center a relational net if I can put it that way and the other one is they're a harvesting net and everybody in the room your life matters in terms of what God is doing. God connects every believer into a local body somewhere, or they need to be involved in a local body somewhere, because that is the church. In God's mind, there's no such thing as an individual believer, an independent believer doing whatever they want to do. God knits everybody into a body, part of his body somewhere, to express the life of who he is in that person to one another so that ultimately the world knows and sees that we're his disciples. So we're going to hear different things this morning uh, in terms of people who are leading small groups, people who are in small groups, various kind of stories, and Colin's going to just host that and lead that through. But just don't just think about small groups are an internal thing that the church does. They are the relational hub. Why is that important? Because... God wants us to express the love that he has for each one of us to one another through each other. But also, as people get saved, it's really important what they get added into, what they get saved into. Because what somebody gets saved into is what they become, what they pick up. So the way we worship for people who've maybe the first time they've been to church, that's like, oh, is this what worship is then? Uh, or if you pray in a certain way, people's like, wow, I didn't realize, is that what prayer really is then? And so most people observe something because of what they see and experience, not just what we tell them. And so the reality for people is what they come and experience when they're with us, not what we might just say goes on. And so we want that to be uh, really very genuine in our relationships and the life that we have together. And increasingly, small groups are going to become even more important because they are the discipleship hub, really, in the life of the church, and increasingly so in the different types of small groups that we have and how important they're going to become as we go forward even more. So let's welcome Colin, who's going to intro this and just host this section, then I'm going to round it off in a few minutes. Thanks, mate. And the guys who are going to be sharing, do you want to just come up with me for a moment? People are going to be fed up with hearing me talk this morning. Um, yeah, Sally and Shivas and John and Dave. Fantastic. Now, Sally, you're, um, you're going to go first for us, right? You're, which, which small group are you in? Uh, I'm in a, a small group called Extra Bright's Pursuit, um, which is a group of ladies. We meet every other Monday, and it's called Pursuit because we're just a group of ladies pursuing God in every way, shape or form, and everything he's got for us. Great. So do you, what, what do you want to share? What's God put on your heart to share with us this morning? So I asked the Lord yesterday, what do you want me to share about the small group? And God gave me Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Uh, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So we belong to each other. And then I got this amazing picture of chainmail, uh, links, strong mesh steel links, bonded to one another like 
kind of like what a knight would put on before he went into battle, that sort of thing. And I said, Lord, what's the chainmail? And he said, believers, strong groups of believers linked arm in arm, one to another, standing strongly, protecting the body, protecting each other. No gaps where the enemy arrows can get through. I thought, oh, that's amazing. Uh, And then I began to think about that in relation to my small group. And God was saying to me that small groups foster relationship and they encourage relationship with one another and with him. And he said, Sally, I work out my purpose in you individually, but also through the small group. And so that you're all going forward together. I thought, wow, this is just amazing. Um, And so... um, I was just thinking, so some of the exercises that we do at small, small uh, bites, extra bites. So every group, doesn't matter which small group you belong to, your small group leader will be praying on your behalf and seeking yeah, yeah. God for you. And then God downloads strategies through them to be worked out in the body. So we've got an amazing lady called Michelle Elliott. I'm in her group. And she prays and she seeks God on our behalf. And uh, we've got an amazingly strong WhatsApp group as well that goes along with when we meet every other week, we're also connected with WhatsApp. And so one week we got this message on WhatsApp, like, buy a notebook and bring it with you. Buy a notebook. What can you do with a notebook? I don't know. Bought a notebook, went along. Right, this is what God's told me. She said, you're going to put all your names in a hat, and then the container was passed around the table, and everybody picked out a name. We didn't know who we were going to get. And we all got names of people in the group. And she said, right, you're going to pray for that person. You're going to pray for that person for two weeks. And you're going to write down everything you get in that journal. So I got an amazing lady to pray for. And I just absolutely loved the focus not being on me. It was about being on other people. And as we prayed and got things for other people, we got words for them. We got scriptures. We got messages from God for them. And at the end of two weeks, we swapped journals. And I had Michelle Granger praying for me. And it was amazing what she gave me. She gave me a whole journal full about God's love for me. And I've always, I can't understand God's love for me, why he would rescue me from the life that I had to now. I can't understand it. And right in the middle of this book was like, Sally, you cannot comprehend God's love for you. But he, his love fully comprehends you. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and so I sowed that into my heart. And God tells me to read that prayer journal every now and again. And I began to get some answers to prayer at work. So I was praying for people and God was doing a few things. So one lady um, who was trying for a baby and couldn't have a baby, she'd been trying for 10 years. So I prayed for her and she got pregnant. She had a baby boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and there was another le- um, gentleman whose wife was losing a baby. He was in the kitchen and he went white. And I said, oh, what, what, what's the matter? He said, oh, my wife, she's been taken into hospital. She, she, she's losing the baby. She's already lost one. It, this can't be happening. I said, I'm not having this. No. And there was another lady in the kitchen. I just went. I just said, Satan, get your hands off this baby's life. I'm sending on the word of God. You will not drop your fruit before it's time. Oh, my. I just went for it. And he rushed off. And so she stayed in hospital. And I said to him, how's your wife? So he said, well, it's amazing. She's, she's keeping the baby. And he said, fingers crossed. I said, what do you mean, fingers crossed? I said, I've prayed for you. I said, God wants this baby. Maybe that way. So the baby was born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the baby was born. Her name's Haley. She's a little girl. She needed, um, yeah, brilliant, yeah. And, and she needed a, a five-hour operation when she was born. That was fine. I prayed again. And this guy was just watching God bringing his wife and child through all of this stuff. And... The word began to get around, well, if you've got, go and see Sally. She knows God. She'll pray for you. And like, oh, Lord. And then what happened completely out of the blue was I got an absolute onslaught of attack um, from the enemy. All sorts of stuff went down. I was like, I'm quite reasonably okay at my job. My reports went wrong. I got bad audit grades. I got dragged through an internal inquiry. And I was just dragged through the middle. What is going on? on it was like wherever I turned rubbish was heaped upon my head and so I thought ah God's love my ladies in my group got hold of the phone whatsapp ladies this is happening can you pray can you you know can you stand with me and literally the same day praying ping praying 
praying, got this view, got this word, got this picture, standing with you, standing strong, standing with you. I'm like, wow. And I just knew that I was standing really strongly linked with these guys that the enemy wasn't going to get me. It was like God had placed a hedge of protection around me. And that was my small group. There were a hedge of protection around me. It was brilliant. And uh, we came right out of that. um, What's happened at work now? Well, I got nine A1 reports in a row. There you go. Thanks, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah, that is when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard yeah. against him. The standard is a small group. So yeah. it's really important that we're all linked into that chain mail, that there's no holes left in the chain mail, yeah, that we're yeah. all standing together strongly with one another and Amen. just walking along with God and, and growing and loving each other. That's it. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sally. Shiva, Shauna, come up. Something we were praying earlier this morning and something Sally prayed, just God spoke to me about and it was to do with like being in an army. And though the general who in this picture might be Pastor Clive, you know, as the senior pastor, his heart is not one person gets left behind. You know, a soldier falls down, we do not leave someone behind. But he cannot personally walk out with every single unit. There's only one of him. There's only so many people like, you know, who can be pastorally responsible in that sense. But if we are going out as battalions, as small groups, you know, then if someone falls, you've got people around you to lift you up. It's part of the reason why it's so important. You know, I, why, again, I love my small group because that's what I want to be part of. Um, so, yeah, the heart is no one gets left behind. But the people who help make sure that that doesn't happen, people like Sally and Michelle praying for you. And it's great. Thanks, Sally. Shiva, so you're a small group leader now. Right? Do you want to share with us your journey from what, what God's taken you on from being a small group member to being a small group leader? Yeah, I was just, um, I'm Shiva, so I'm currently doing a group rooted. Um, I was just briefly going to share how, how I got, got here. Um, it was two or three years ago when I was part of a small group and I was asked to help out. And I remember I wanted to, at the time, recollecting, I wanted to, and I was willing to, and I was up for it. But my thoughts were, um, can I do this? Um, When I say that, um, I was very much thinking, um, will I be accepted, wanted to do it? Will I get it right? Will I let people down? Hosting it, organising it, all sorts of aspects um, concerns me. But um, I ended up doing it and it was just recently just reflecting back thinking those two or three years ago and recalling that actually those concerns and those insecurities weren't actually the reality and as a um, small group leader you get a mentor and so you've got that person to go to if you've got any personal challenges if you've got um, any concerns you need advice help you're not you're not on your own Um, and so I'm currently now doing Rooted and when that came about 18 months ago I um, we're, we're doing Joyce Mayer's Battlefield of the Mind, and we're a small, small group. It's just a few of us. Um, but it's a, it's a lovely environment just to um, get into the word, to do life, to share what's going on, to develop friendships. I value those evenings so much. I always leave encouraged whatever's going on in your week. You're refreshed, spurred on. Um, but when the opportunity to ca- came around to do that 18 months ago, um, as much as my heart wanted to do it, when the opportunity presented itself, again, all those thoughts flooded back and self-doubt, would I be able to do it? Um, but like I said, you just lean on God. You've got your mentor, and I think that's really key to know you've, you're not on your own. Um, so I guess where I'm going with this is if you're somebody who's... you, you want to you've got something on your heart, you want to do it, but you're sort of those, you can relate to those sort of thoughts and doubts. Um, or someone said, oh, you should do that as a small group, and you're like, you just write yourself off, you're like, I can't do that. Or even, like myself, maybe down the line, someone's going to ask you, you're the group that you're in, they'll say, oh, can you take this on? Can you run with it? Would you want to do a group? Um, my encouragement from my experience would just be to go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Great. Thanks, you. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we've had, a, Sally is a small group member, Shivas is a small group leader, and then Dave, you're a small group mentor. Can you explain just Actually, briefly, what does that mean? What do you do? Actually, very little. <laughs> and, and that's part of the, the, the miracle of what God is doing with people. Um, I'm, I've had the, the, the privilege of being part of small groups and leading them and now being a mentor. And very occasionally I get... Uh, message and called on when there's an issue or a problem yeah. um, 
But, you know, that, that happens incredibly rarely. Maybe I'm just really blessed and I've got some very good ones, but God raises up excellent leaders and he gives them wisdom and he gives them the, the right sort of inspiration. Um, I, I've, I don't end up going into firefight. Good. Which is great, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. it? You've been worrying if they were every five and, and minutes. They know I'm available. Yeah. Um, but they just... They get together with them within themselves, leaders and, and co-leaders, and they pray and, and they hear from God, and it just doesn't seem to happen much. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, thank you, Jesus. But you're there <laughs> if they need it. Absolutely, yeah. And you have a particular kind of slant on small groups and uh, and mentoring and small group leaders with relationship. And, and relationship, right? yeah, yeah. We're made in God's image, aren't we? Um, and the, the Trinity is a, a beautiful and perfect example of relationship. Um, anybody read the book The Shack or watched the film? It's about a guy called Mac who meets with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit as real people just out in the American wilderness in a shack. And, um, and he learns that they are that perfect representation of, of freedom. And they, they love each other and honour each other and serve each other and they submit to each other and they teach him how to, how to live like that with them. I know some of his later work, is, some of the doctrine is a bit... A bit shaky, but the stuff in the shack is, is stuff full of really good scriptural principles. So if we're, if we're built and if we're made in God's image, that means we're, we're made to have deep relationships yeah, with, yeah. with people. And I'm not just talking about um, within a, like a, a household or a family group. I'm talking about within the church. Um, and that's why we have small groups, because you can't really be that close to all the number of people there are in here, can you? And it's in, the, it's in those small group settings that we learn to, uh, to, to relate and honour and respect and, and submit to one another. And those are part of really, they're really important parts of, yeah, yeah. of spiritual growth. Yeah. So if you're not in a small group, then it's, there's a very real risk that you're going to miss out on part of the spiritual growth that God has for you. Sometimes that's because you spend time with people that you wouldn't normally spend time with. For, for whatever reason, let's be honest, come on. Sometimes it's because, well, I don't, I just wouldn't normally interact with, with. And, and sometimes, it's a, <laughs> sometimes it's a personal thing and actually you need to get over that. <laughs> you really do. It might be me. You know, it might be me that you wouldn't normally want to spend that much time with, because whatever. <clears throat> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Over the years, yeah, I've watched people in small groups. Um, I've watched them grow, and I've watched them step out with little steps and then bigger steps and bigger steps. And, and then I've watched them actually go become co-leaders and, and leaders, and, and they wouldn't be there if they hadn't started somewhere. You know, they don't suddenly be, you know, sort of step in as a, as a, as a group leader. And, and they become this major blessing for, for other people. As I say, in terms of mentoring, I don't do much. I feel a little bit underused, maybe a little underactive, and the enemy has a go at me sometimes, like, oh, you should be doing more. But I don't go along every other week or every month to each of my groups and say, how are you doing? I don't, I don't need to do that. They're doing great. It's, it's brilliant to watch, actually, and I don't have to do much work with it. <laughs> if you're not part of a small group, this might sound a bit controversial, but you risk stunting your own spiritual growth. And we've got a whole bunch of new people coming into the church. We've got people getting saved. We've got all this stuff happening, and they need to plug into good, healthy groups, don't they? So they get to know and they get to grow and develop in the way that, that God wants them to grow. And if you're not there, you might be the one person that would have really related to them and helped them. Yeah. I, I don't know what stops people. I've got some suspicions about what stops people from getting involved. But maybe if you're not involved, you need to ask God why not. I've seen some guys who've been sort of out of things and dropped away and not being in groups and, and so on for a little while, and they get isolated and, and they get a bit dull and they lose the edge and so on. And when they come back into a group, maybe with freedom, freedom is a great example, they just come alive again and their faith comes up again and, and they want to be part. You get to the end of freedom and they, they, they say, what are we going to do next? 
So, well, you need to get into a small group. Can we keep this one going? Well, no, because that's about the freedom group, but there's plenty of other stuff to do, isn't there? And if there was somebody who they're here and you're thinking, um, I'd like to maybe start a small group, but I don't know if I could, if I'd be mature enough or I'd be whatever it might be, what, would, what help would be there for them in terms mature. of mentorship? <laughs> <laughs> okay. If that's you, that's fine. Go and talk to your small group leader. If you're not in a small group, I'll, yeah, forget that. Um, yeah, come and talk to me. Come and talk to Colin. Come and talk to Phil Pooley. Anybody in the extended leadership team and say, look, I've got an idea. Um, I think God wants me to, to, to start a new small group. And if, that, if that's right, if it's God, then it'll work. Yeah. And you'll be there to walk through with him, whatever and, one might and be the needed. other mentors will be yeah. around. And if you need someone alongside to, to set this up and to, to work with it, we'll, we'll be alongside. But we won't be sort of sitting on your shoulder watching it all the time because if right. God's given you the, um, the inspiration for it, I don't want to sit on your back and hold you yeah, back. Be behind you, yeah. I might stand behind you and push you <laughs> a little bit, but I'm not going to hold you back, no. Sure. Great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so Brilliant. much. Brilliant. Thank you. Lastly, John, you're going to share us a bit about the small group that recently started. You've gone through once, right, and you're about to go through again. Yeah, that's right. Um, about a year ago, a guy called Jeff Letts came and spoke to us about um, what he called biblical economics. Um, and Jeff and some of his uh, colleagues and friends have now put this together as part of a uh, small group package um, that you can work through in um, six weeks. And it goes through topics such as your tithe, um, generosity, budgeting, um, and probably most importantly, debt in this day and age. Um, we've been hearing a lot about the harvest. When that harvest arrives, what's, what's it going to look like? And from a debt perspective, it's, it's, it's not a pretty picture. Um, I was uh, looking on our friend Google the other day. Uh, UK household debt is now about £60,000 on average. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's, that's, include, that's including a mortgage. Yeah. If you exclude mortgages, it's about £9,000 per person, just in credit cards and car loans and what have you. So the course aims to eradicate that. It helps you to budget correctly. It helps you to work through your debt step by step um, in a tried and tested method, um, which we can now utilise. Um, so it's only six weeks. Um, it will start in two weeks on Tuesday, which I think is the 26th. Um, there's a small cost, which is £18. Um, if you are struggling to make that £18, then please come and talk to me because I'm sure we can work something out. Great. Thanks, Joe. Sure. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and last of all, we've, um, we've got a video from one of our small group leaders who's serving at the moment in, with the children's work, so she's not here with us live, but um, just wanted uh, to give Isabel the opportunity to share a bit about her small group and some testimony from that. Hi, I'm Isabel Glidden and I'm part of the Horsham Congregation. I've been part of Kingdom Faith for many years um, and I'm, I'm a small group leader as well. Um, I lead two small groups at the moment and I've got a third one just about to start. They're groups which meet to study God's Word, but not from a point of view of dusty study, more from a point of view of understanding what is it saying about my life. They're groups where we get together to find out what is God saying? How does the Bible and what God's saying in the Bible change how I live today? And we've discovered such amazing stuff. Many people who are part of these groups have been Christians for years and years and years and yet have missed something of how it's applying in their lives today. And that's what the Holy Spirit is showing us. Some people in the group, it's the first time they've ever read the Bible. And um, they too get excited when they see how they relate to everyday life. So it doesn't matter where you're at um, on your Christian walk because it's the Holy Spirit that does the speaking. And so some of the exciting things that we've been seeing coming out in these groups, we have... Um, Ladies in the group, and gentlemen, but mostly ladies in my groups, who have had various needs, various healing needs, and um, as we've come together and prayed for one another, faith has begun to rise. For example, just recently, 
We were reading the end of Matthew about the crucifixion of Jesus. And we realized that we, this was available to us. This was bought for us. And really, how dare we not receive it? And so as we prayed at the end of that meeting, faith just rose up in our hearts. And uh, we prayed for various healing needs. People were healed. Two people were healed very specifically of things which had been dogging them, troubling them for a long time. Um, it wasn't worked up. It wasn't labored. It was just because our faith had risen. We need each other to help us do this. That's why we need small groups, because when we, do, when we hear it in church, we still have to work it out in our everyday lives. And every day, we can stand with one another. We get to know each other. We get to know who needs a bit of encouragement, who needs a prayer, who can do the praying, who is on a high because they've seen God do something. And we've seen recently, just in the last month, we've seen a couple of ladies who've had long-standing family issues where they've needed uh, restoration uh, from in, in their family relationships, specifically with their sons, um, grown-up sons, um, and they've had very little communication with them or very um, resentful or difficult communication with them. And both these ladies have have been set free from this problem. They, their sons are back in relationship with them. In fact, one of the ladies, her, her son has asked her to babysit half the children for one day a week, every week, not just the odd babysitting. But it's, it's just a picture of what God does when we put our trust in him. And the only way we can put our trust in him is by knowing him. And we know him through his word. So that's why we study the word, not so that we become scholars, but so that we become Christians every day, living that life. So we're so excited to see what God is going to do next. Hey, hey, brilliant. Let's thank all the guys that have just shared, shall we? And also... Uh... Isabel on the video. What, what are we actually talking about today? We're not really talking about just being in a small group. And that is, that's not the emphasis of, the, of what we're saying. It's actually just what we're saying is let's be part of who we are. And let's be the body that God wants us to be. And a healthy body is not only when we have good relationship with God this way but a healthy body is going to become a fruitful body when relationally this way there's a depth and growth happening between us and uh, what you shared about uh, just the chain mail and those relationships and some of the stories is just brilliant how God um, brings us together so that we're not independent but we are interdependent on each other but together we're dependent on who he is um, so there's that interdependence, interrelationship, but dependent on, uh, on the law. Just want to share a couple of things because people have shared some brilliant stories and just how they've been growing and going forward. In Matthew 19, Jesus invited some people to join him and be part of his small group. And uh, in Matthew 19, he said to uh, four different fishermen, two brothers in one boat and two brothers in another. He said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And Jesus invited these guys to, to join him. And that first invitation is not just to uh, know about Jesus, but it's to know him personally. So as a church, we have a, a discipleship pathway. Know God, live in freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. It's just a simple discipleship pathway. And this is what Jesus is unfolding here in this verse. He says, first of all, come. He says, know me. Then, then he says, I want you to follow me. Well, what does following Jesus mean? He, he leads us to live in freedom. And then he says, I'm going to make you uh, 
I, I will make you, not make you follow me, but he says, come follow me and I will make you something. I will make you fishes of men. What he's saying is, I'm going to make you fruitful people. So in that step of I'm going to make you, I'm going to, he's saying I'm going to form you, shape you, develop you. And in that shaping and forming you, you're going to discover the giftings and the graces on your life. And then you're going to become fishes of men. You're going to become fruitful. You're going to make a difference. And so it's really that relational connection that we have with one another in the same way that Jesus did. He invited a number of people to connect with him in his life. And Jesus lived openly in front of them, his life in different ways. He, he lived his spiritual life out in front of them. How do we know that? Because they said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? We've seen how you pray. Now, now it's different than the Pharisees have shown us. It's different than the religious kind of prayer that goes on. Uh, but Jesus, there's something real and genuine when you pray. You seem to have this relationship with God that is real. Let us into that. Show us what that means. And some of what we, we do is we want to live our lives openly, spiritually with each other. But also what did Jesus do? He modelled how to love one another, how to be merciful, how to be gracious, how to be gentle, how at other times you need to be strong in resisting certain things so that you kept on track with God. And, and so he showed in different ways how to trust God, how to love people, how to be generous, uh, how to heal the sick, how to see God work through your life. He modelled in different ways. And so in, in a small group context, some of what's going to be going on, we're modelling to each other how to walk with God. And the stories that come out are brilliant because in a small group context, the stories are not just one person's story. They become everybody's story because of what God is, what God is doing. And in the same way that Jesus had a small group, we see this in uh, Matthew chapter 10. Uh, at the end of Matthew 9, Jesus says to the disciples with him, he says, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray unto the Lord for workers for the harvest. And then as you go into the next chapter, which obviously there isn't another chapter when Jesus was with them. It just went from one conversation into the next. So he moves from pray, pray for workers for the harvest. And then, then he then says, uh, hey, guys, I just want to give you the authority that I have on my life. I give you that authority to go and drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And so he gives them the authority to do the same things as he's been doing. But then what happens? It then names the 12 people that are with him. Why does, why does it name the people? Because everybody is important. Everybody is significant and, and everybody's life matters. It didn't just talk about Peter, James and John at that point, which are probably the three well-known out of the 12. It, it, it named all 12 people. Why? Because all 12 were critical. They were important in terms of what Jesus was doing with them to then send them to be fruitful and effective in what he wants to do. So in, in any small group context, everybody matters. Everybody's significant uh, in terms of what God is, is doing. Then uh, it's interesting, how many of you are reading the, uh, the daily kind of stuff that we read uh, every day? It's there to help you. I know some of you read other things and everything's fine, but it's there as a, as a help. It's interesting, the three parts of, of what you could read today, the one scripture that maybe just has a, a verse or two, which if you've noticed this month is all about God's power uh, at work and uh, how we can meditate on that, have revelation on that and then see the power of God working through our lives. Then there's, there's a psalm that we always read and then at the moment we're reading through the Gospel of Matthew. Now in Psalm 145, the two verses today, it says they will tell, not just a person, but they will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your power and your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. So... We're, we're a body of people and uh, I heard somebody say a little while ago uh, that uh, a body of people at church is like a cake. And uh, when, you, when you take a slice of cake, out, you know, a slice out of that whole cake, that slice should, should taste like the rest of the cake. So if you've got a chocolate cake and you cut into it, hopefully when you take it out, it's not a fruit, a fruit cake or whatever, or a bit of a fruit and nut cake, if you get the... Uh, but uh, the, the, the slice gives you the same flavour as the whole and, and really we are a body of people but also we need to be in relationship in a smaller context 
But relationship must have a purpose. So in the body of Christ, relationship in and of itself has no outcome. Jesus always connects relationship with purpose. What did he say? Come follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. And so there's always purpose in our relationship. That's why our small groups are not just one size fits all and everybody has to fit into the type of small group that we have. We have a, a uh, kind of marketplace of small groups, if, you, if we can say it that way, where there's different types of, of groups that are connected with people's heart and passion, what they want to be part of because of what the giftings they have, the heart they have and how they want to see God work through their life. And so what you tend to find is you, you might find yourself in a small group and beginning to build a friendship with a person or with people in your small group that you might not normally hang out with. But the connecting thing is always, we all have a relationship with God, but the connecting thing is, for some reason, I'm 23, I'm not 20, you understand, I'm, I'm third party, third person here for a minute. There's a person once more who said, well, I'm 23, and somebody else might say, well, I'm 56. And, and, but yet, because they have the same heart and passion for something, they build a friendship, they build a connection that maybe they would never have got together because the young guy thinks, well, he's slightly older than me. And, uh, and the older person thinks, well, that young guy, he's not going to want to spend any time with me because, you know, I'm, I'm twice, three times his age or whatever. But actually, God loves to mix us all up together in terms of age groups, backgrounds, different lifestyles, cultures, all sorts of things. And he, and he says, I'm going to put a heart in him for this. I'm going to put a heart in that person for that. And, and I'm going to connect them with others who have the same heart. And they're going to build friendships that would never might happen in the natural. And then you might find there's a, a, a guy who's been saved for many years, discipling somebody who's just recently got saved, but they have the same heart and passion for something. And that's how God works. So this isn't about pushing people in. This is about how we connect relationally but also for the purpose of what God wants to do through our lives. So we have that, that uh, scripture in, in, uh, in Psalm 145 today about speaking of his glory and of his power and that we see his mighty acts and the glorious splendor of his kingdom. Then Psalm 72, which is the psalm we're reading today, just picking out a few verses, how this all connects on today, which is weird in relation to this. Well, it's not weird. It's a God thing. You might, somebody's obviously organizing it somewhere up there. Um, Verse 12 says, For he, for God, will deliver the needy who cry out, and the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence. The precious uh, is, for precious is their blood in his sight. Praise be to the Lord, the God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Now, one of the scriptures God used over the prayer and fasting time was that one where it says, Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. This is what the whole host of heaven were worshipping. But then they said, what saying in worship, but then they said that the whole earth may be filled with his glory. So God wants to fill the earth with his glory. That's why he's sending the rain. It's the rain of his glory. He's sending rain on the earth so that it softens the ground so the seed of the gospel can go deep into people's lives, take root and grow up. That it's not going to be stolen by the circumstances or every wind of change that goes on. But as we continue to press into God, we're not asking him to increase the rain. We're, we are just wanting to push into God and he'll increase the rain. And even more people are coming to uh, 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 Alpha People are more open in those conversations in terms of what God is doing. There's an increase of the types of healings and miracles that are going on. Um, it's exciting what God is doing. We're just at the beginnings of it in a fresh way. But these verses, again, are talking about his glory, the whole earth being filled with his glory, him rescuing the lost, the unsaved. And part of the challenge, but also the encouragement at the moment for us as a, as a body, is this isn't about us in terms of us being blessed. This is really about us pressing into God for the harvest. But we know if we do that, we will be blessed. You cannot help but press into God and you receive the benefit of it. But God is maturing us as a people and that, that what we're doing is not first and foremost for us. 
principle in the kingdom is what you sow is what you reap. If you give, you will receive. But our heart is that we don't do one thing in order to to get the other. We're saying, well, I want to live a kingdom life. I want to live in a kingdom way. So if I'm going to sow in this way, I am going to reap. I'll be blessed. But actually, I'd rather sow and see somebody else be blessed and I'll get blessed on the way. But I want them to be blessed because there's a maturing going on that we're not living for ourselves first and foremost. We're living for what God wants to to do. So uh, there's a... uh, obviously the, the scripture in Matthew 10 which is the, the scripture for today that we've already read out about him giving them authority and power so just before we finish this morning we've had some amazing Sundays the last few weeks especially during the encounter days a couple of Sundays where it was just flowing the third Sunday where it was um, a bit of a strong message um, if you can remember back to that one um, and Pastor Connie's message last week was phenomenal in terms of that message on prayer and how it changes the way we pray. God is, God is speaking to us. And he's, if I can put it this way, he wants to really get our attention in terms of the hour that we are in. Um, this moment that we are in. When I say moment, I don't just mean this is going to be for a short season. But the moment that he has us in, which is going to be a long moment in God in terms of what he's, he's doing. And he's trying to get our attention and grab our attention to see things how he is seeing them from his perspective and the scale of what he is beginning to do, what's going to unfold in these coming weeks and months. Uh, not just here, but in the other congregations, in other churches, in other places, uh, in terms of what, he is, what he's doing. And how much you and I personally engage with what God's saying will determine how much you see of what God is saying. Yeah. So you have to engage with the prophetic word. You have to engage with what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing in order to see it happen in your own life and then see it happen around you. Um, So just to close uh, this morning, with the small groups, um, all the small groups in some way or other are connected into this discipleship pathway. And why? Because we want people to be growing. We want people to be developing. We want people to really know what is on their life and how they're being fruitful and effective. And that will look different for all of us in this room in different ways. And we have small groups that are sports, interest, activity-based type of small groups, which generally are more evangelistic in their nature. And, and, and part of our pathway is to know God. We want to see people know him. There's small groups for new believers. There's, there's freedom small groups, which many of you will know about, which lead up to the freedom encounter and the importance of that. There are small groups that deal, as we heard this morning, with battlefield in the mind. There's the financial freedom small group. There are small groups for blokes. There are small groups for women, covering different types of things, different emphasis, different focus. There are connect small groups, which are more family ones, with, with family, with kids, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a big smorgasbord of, of relationships with kids involved in everything because the children are just as much part of the church as, as the rest of us. And uh, so those connect small groups are really important. There are prayer-based or prayer-focused small groups Now, all the prayer ones, that they have a reason why they're praying, a focus to the prayer. So when we talk about prayer small groups, it's not just people gathering together just to pray together and have a great time. They're they're meeting for a purpose as to what they're praying into. And quite often, the people who are meeting to pray are the ones that are then going and doing what they're praying about. Um, But there's prayer-focused ones, and you can find out which ones they are today. There's business-focused ones. It is a small group, but yet it's more than a small group because it involves people from other churches as well called Ignite. And there's a monthly gathering uh, at the Beef Eater opposite the station in town here. Uh, There's also other training things going on around people, business guys, uh, ladies, men, entrepreneurial kind of stuff. And there's other things relating to that. And and that in and of itself is is not just about the people meeting, but people are, are, are mentoring, coaching, helping to develop people in business, Within that, having a kingdom mindset about what they're doing so that it's not just how do I make money, it's actually how does this serve the kingdom and God's purposes and within that, businesses are growing and stuff. There's that type of thing people can connect into. There's creative art stuff that is just kind of beginning and people have a heart for that and and how that can be evangelistic or expressive out beyond the four walls 
of, of the church. There's, there's, there's other small groups as well, but there's many different types of small groups. Why? Because God wants to release giftings, the grace, the anointings on our lives to affect one another, but, but ultimately it's for the harvest and seeing people's lives being transformed through what God does in us and, and amongst us. So we want to just encourage you, you know, this isn't a plug to be in a small group because there's no point just plugging something. It's trying to help us understand why relationship is so important. Jane and I, we, we meet with a few people, not every Friday, but uh, most Fridays. And, um, and we have like a, it's a sort of Shabbat thing, but it's more eating together and then praying together. But it's people that are connected with Israel-related things. And it's just, we're, we're getting more and more involved in things in this country and, and to do with Israel itself. And, um, and, and there's others that are praying into that, involved in that part of that. So in one sense for us, that is a gathering of people where we're sharing life, sharing stories, what God's doing and, and we're eating together, praying together, but it's, but it's really a, a gathering point for them what we're all involved in and what we're doing. Now, there might be some small groups like that where, like Little Builders, for example, Little Builders it, it, it exists to reach people in the community, not just mums, but families, parents, grandparents, people who, uh, carers who might bring the children here on a Tuesday and Thursday. As a small group, they meet and they gather and they pray for each other, encourage each other and everything else. But actually, they, the, the reason they're in that relationship is because together there's a heart. We want to reach all these people. We want to have an opportunity where people can come into this environment in, and in experience, encounter, hear about God in some way or other. And then there's other avenues from that um, that are happening to invite people to, whether it's Alpha or the women, monthly women's uh, uh, events that happen that people have been invited to. So small groups in and of themselves then lead off onto other things. And so it's how everything's connected together in the life of the church. So some things don't exist for the for the this group itself. The people come together relating to everything that they're involved with as a touch point, like I was saying, the Israel-related one or uh, the little builders on that kind of thing. So just have a look today and go and chat to people. Find out if you don't really know what's going on and uh, see what you can be part of. Life Discovery is another brilliant ministry to get involved in that reaches unsaved people and, uh, and, and is brilliant in terms of the environment that they create for that kind of thing, which is something, again, you can look at and find out how you might get involved. So let's stand to our feet, shall we? What are we talking about? We're talking about next steps today. And next step, if you're already in a small group, brilliant. If you're, if you're not, then may, your next step is to really get connected in to the life of the body at another level. Uh, and we've heard another next step. If you haven't been baptised, next step for you is to get baptised. It's, it's a command in the Bible. It's not whether you want to or not. Uh, shall I, shan't? It's a command. Uh, repent, believe and be baptised and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so we want to make sure we're, we're taking all the next steps that we grow spiritually, grow in the way that God... Well, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the next step is you need to get baptised in the Holy Spirit because God wants to empower you to live as a believer, live as a, a, as a Christian. So let's uh, just close your eyes for a minute. Different kind of morning, not a big kind of flowy, powerful kind of, whoa, that was a, you know, but we, have, we need to have mornings where the rubber hits the road. And that, so what does all this stuff mean? God's speaking, God's moving, it's exciting but there's got to be some reality to it. And <clears throat> some of that is a depth of relationship. Get connected in at another level. But it's where it's going. It's relationship with purpose. It's not relationship just as an end in and of itself. Because after a few weeks, you'll be wondering, so why do we meet? What is the point? You have to have a relationship with purpose. Father, I just thank you. that So many people are involved in, in small groups and connected into the life of the body. And Father, we understand that this is the relational hub, the relational net. It brings the strength. As we heard that story about the chain mail and the strength of relationship. And because of that, what happens when people come into that, the love, the friendship, the discipleship, the breakthroughs that take place. And so, Father, I thank you that uh, you would just show us, if we're not in a small group, what we can be part of, what we can connect into. But, Father, bigger than that, I thank you for that revelation that what you're doing is not just for us. It's having a healthy body so that as people are getting saved and added and coming amongst us, they become healthy in their faith, in their relationship with God 
healthy in their relationships. Man, we need to model healthy relationships to the world, right? Where there's not negativity, there's not backstabbing, there's not re- um, rejection, there's not offence and pain and upset. We, wanna, we need to be able to model how you love one another. And when there are challenges, how do you work through that in a way that honours one another, that you come through the other side, deeper friendship than, than splitting off and going in different directions. We're a prophetic people. The church is called to be prophetic, to show by example, by the love they have for one another, the world is going to know that we're Jesus' disciples. And so, Father, I thank you for the grace and the enabling to be who you've called us to be in this time, in this hour. And Father, we thank you. We praise your awesome name for what you are doing. The story's coming through and everything that's happening. Father, I thank you for Alpha. Every person that is coming to Alpha, no matter where it is, in terms of Horsham, Crawley, Burgess, or Worthing, Father, your word says that none shall be lost. And that's what we agree, that none will be lost. Every one of them will come to know you, right through to know you. And not just them as individuals, but their whole families and households coming right through, Father. We thank you. We praise your name. We thank you, Jesus. We praise your mighty, awesome name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Perfect love casts out all fear. Maybe sometimes there's a reticence because you think, well, if people really knew me, I tell you, you get amongst a bunch of people that love you, fear is going to go, fear is going to run. Fear is going to run. Apprehension, masks, all that, they're going to go. Why? Because when people love one another, it's the safest place you can be, safest environment you can be. Covenant friendship and relationship is absolutely amazing. Father, I just thank you that you would increase what you're doing amongst us, the dynamic of love, relationship, but also the purpose and the fruitfulness of what that leads to in your mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Amen. Now, as we close this morning, some of the the prayer team who are involved in um, Freedom Weekend, some of the guys on the prayer team, uh, they're going to be at the front here. So anybody who's been on that prayer team, you can come to the front in a minute. Anybody who wants any prayer for anything, You need to receive some healing. You need somebody to agree with you for a breakthrough. You need something to take place. Then some of the guys are going to be up here. Just come and find them. They're going to pray with you and agree with you in terms of what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Amen. Be really blessed. Go and check out. Have conversations to do with the small groups. Fellowship. Grab a coffee. And uh, have an amazing, amazing day today. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.